On this baptism day, as we celebrate Addison's baptism, we go to God's Word, reading some very familiar scripture from the Apostle Paul in the fourth chapter of Philippians, verses 10 through 13. Paul writes to perhaps his favorite church, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I was in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, <clears throat> and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And God's people said, amen. Last Sunday, we started a message series here at HRBC entitled, Living with Margin. We're trying to reclaim the sanctity of Sabbath, which is the holiness of time. From the very beginning of history, God sanctified time. You recall last week we shared a few words from the Jewish scholar Abraham Joshua Heschel, who shined light for us on this topic in his little book, but well-known book, Sabbath. He writes, for six days God created, and on the sixth day God looked at all of creation and called it Tov Ma'od, very good. All that God had created, including human beings, Tov Ma'od. And on the seventh day, the writer of Genesis tells us that God finished his work. Listen to those words, Genesis 2 and 2, verses 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, sanctified the time, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Perhaps you, like me, thought that God finished his work on the sixth day and completely rested on the seventh. I don't know if I ever examined verse 2 in Genesis 2 closely enough because the text says by the seventh day God finished the work that he had been doing. So that implies that there was some kind of work done on the seventh day which was supposed to be when God rested and sanctified the time and called it holy. But Heschel helps us to see the light in the situation. What was created on the seventh day? If you study the scriptures and the commentaries, we will see that God finished working on the Sabbath day, but that which God worked to create on the seventh day were, were tranquility, serenity, peace, repose, rest. Shabbat. God intentionally created margin for us. We were not designed to go 24-7. We were not designed 
to live without margin. We were designed to rest our bodies, to fuel our spirits, to be renewed daily, as you heard Matthew read earlier, to tend to the gardens of our souls, to rest our weary bodies. Sabbath was created to do just that, to give us margin. Margin is the space between our load and our limits. There's a gap there. Margin is the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. It's something held in reserve for contingencies and unanticipated situations. Margin's the gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing freely and suffocating. And as we've said, margin is the opposite of overload. Margin in our lives allows us to breathe freely and to decompress. The problem with the Sabbath for me and for many of us is what we've done with it. The Pharisees that persecuted Jesus persecuted him more for what Jesus did on the Sabbath than for anything else because he healed and he cared for people on the Sabbath. He allowed his disciples to pluck grain on the Sabbath to take care of their hungry stomachs which was outside of the legalistic view that the Pharisees had upon what you couldn't, couldn't do on the Sabbath. For some, the Sabbath is a list of rules and regulations, a list of prohibitions of things you shouldn't do. And others, like me, have made the Sabbath like every other day. We have trespassed it. We have robbed it of its sanctity and of its simplicity. We treat it just like any other day of the week, often. And I pray that God would help me to change that in in my own life. That's what this message is about, how we can make some changes to restore the sanctity of time. So how can we do that? How can we allow ourselves to delight in the joy of what was intended for us all along? The prescription, if you think about it being a, a toxicity or an illness that we face in our society, The prescription involves knowing where we find meaning and fulfillment. And in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he shares the secret. Let's look back at the text. In verse 10, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. This is a very giving church, a supportive church, but this is Paul writing from prison later in his life, and he's reflecting on how good the church had been, but there had been a gap in the church's support, and now they had renewed their help for him, renewed that in prayer and in encouragement, writing, uh, sending messages, and also offerings. And the word renewed has to do with new growth. Uh, a a plant that is sprouting new growth in the spring. It's sort of a resurrection kind of word. Their uh, support of him had been given new life, and now Paul is experiencing the blessing of that, and he's writing uh, to them to express his appreciation. And then he says in verse 11, I'm not saying all of this because I am need. He, He says, listen, I'm not writing this because I have a need. He says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And the word I have learned is simply a verb that means I've learned from experience. Over the years, I have learned from experience to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit through my Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, It's something that uh, I can now share with others because of my own experiences. And, And then verse 12, he uses another Greek word, but it translates learned as well. He says, I know what it is to be in need. 
And I know, in my mind, I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, here you go, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. This word for learned is a a, a Greek word that comes from the root for mystery. He has learned the secret. And he's referring to philosophical or pagan religions that had a secret initiation. And Paul is saying, I I have learned the secret of of how to be content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And and then he says, uh, uh, he's saying, I am self-sufficient, but my self-sufficiency is not like the pagan philosopher religion's self-sufficiency, where its uh, mind and reason is supreme. Paul says, my sufficiency, the secret to my self-sufficiency is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, my sufficiency comes from the one who is all-sufficient. Our sufficiency, our ability to create margin in our lives does not come on our own power. It comes from the one who is all-sufficient to meet all our needs. Does that make sense? I, I, I hope it does. So when we are looking at these two sections in this message today of trying to reclaim margin emotionally and physically for our minds and our bodies, uh, you're saying, Pastor Bob, I can't do that on my own. And you're right. But we can do that through the one who is sufficient to give us the strength and the power to do it, to take that first step. So I want to look at some uh, ways to be uh, getting, uh, seeking margin emotionally and margin physically. Next Sunday, we will look at margin in our time and in our finances. These four things, emotions, the physical, the, uh, the time, and the financial are uh, major aspects of our lives. And to be healthy, we need to have some margin in all four of those areas. So in the little bit of time we have today, uh, if you're taking notes, I have some help in each of these two areas. The emotional first, protecting and replenishing our emotional margin, and then the physical in our bodies. All right? The first one for our emotions is to con- cultivate social support systems. You and I were not created to live alone, to be alone. We might be living in our house alone. We might be single, we might be a widow or widower, we might be a single parent, divorced, or we may be in a family that has lots of people. Uh, Whatever the family makeup, you and I are designed to be in relationship with others, with God and others. Love God, love others. So uh, cultivating connections, and it's so great that we have a church family to do that, is vitally important. Another way is to serve others. When we serve others, when we do something to help somebody, whether it's delivering meals on wheels or visiting someone in the hospital or tutoring a child after, in an after-school program, uh, there's something that happens in our mind that brings us joy. There's a release of uh, good chemistry in our minds that helps us to have a sense of uh, 
enthusiasm and accomplishment. It's very healthy for our minds. Another help in our emotions to get margin is simply rest. And this is the area where I struggle the most. I go to bed too late and I wake up early. I like to run in the mornings. Sometimes I don't go to bed until 11, 30, 12 o'clock. And if I wake up at 5 to run with my friends, I'm only giving myself five hours of sleep. And that's not healthy, and I'm, I'm, I am working on that. I'm incrementally trying to go to sleep earlier in the evening. But this requires a lot of other adjustments. I don't know what it is for you, uh, but that's just where I'm struggling. I need seven hours of sleep, really. Most, most of us need seven to eight. Teenagers sometimes need a lot more than that, 12, 13 hours of sleep, really. Uh, so you, you, you got to figure out how to give... Uh, your body rest. Jesus did it. He modeled this, um, and it's something that God created within us. Hard to do, right? Uh, another way to have emotional margin is to create boundaries. Uh, there are some people that bring us down emotionally. There are some relationships that uh, we, we need to just stop, we need to unfriend on social media because it creates anxiety and worry in, in our spirits. Uh, there are some things we need to avoid. There are some temptations that we know that we cannot open our, make available to ourselves. So boundaries for us. And an, another way to have emotional margin is to give thanks uh, you might have a gratitude journal or you might have a part of your prayer life where you just give thanks for the things that God places on your heart. Whatever that is, but if you and I make giving thanks a habit, it frees our emotions to allow God's blessing to come in us and it, it, it helps to cleanse our minds. And another that I don't know that I do enough of is laugh. Laughter is the proverb, is the old proverb, laughter is good for the soul. I totally believe that. And to, sometimes in church we don't laugh enough. And I'm reminded of this uh, video clip from one of the early episodes of The Carol Burnett Show. Uh, Harvey Corman plays a patient who goes into the dentist office and the nurse says that the, the dentist is not there that day, but there's a brand new rookie dentist just fresh out of school there that will take care of Tim Conway, who's the, uh, um, Harvey Corman, who's the patient. Tim Conway plays the rookie dentist and watch to see what plays out. Full tooth, T, T, T-O-T-O-T-H, we are. Pull your tooth out. Boy, this is going to hurt. Doctor, if it's going to hurt, please give me something to kill the pain. Yeah, okay, well, got some Novocaine right here. Just oh. uh, hold on that, man. Let's see how this works here. Okay, Novocaine. Here we are, Novocaine. Take a firm hold of the hypodermic needle. Right. <laughs> There'll be a little bit of pain, and then numbness will set in. Yeah. 
I'll just give you a little, uh, little shot here. <laughs> laugh a little. And uh, as, as we conclude, restoring margin emotionally is vitally important, but so is it physically. And we've just got to do it. We just have to make a decision to take ownership and do it, not to put it off. No one else is going to do it for us. We've got to decide to make the changes, take that first step. So take personal responsibility for giving yourself emotional and, and physical margin. And one of the key ways to gain physical margin, I mean, gain emotional margin, it, it, uh, let me back up, I'm, I'm still laughing, I think, <laughs> to restore physical margin when we're exhausted, when we're spent, is to nurture your emotional vitality. So a key way to help our bodies is to focus on the mind because our bodies and our minds are tied together. You cannot separate them. What is good for the mind is also good for the body. You medical people in here would agree, I am sure. And that means that there are some habits that we've got to change. Our sleep habits, like I'm working on, our nutrition habits, focusing on what we take in, drinking enough water, uh, the way that we eat, and all of that. I, I'm intentionally trying to take one bite of food at a time as I focus on this whole month of learning how to be keeping Sabbath. Instead of, I usually am in a hurry and I eat two or three forksfuls at a time, and I'm intentionally taking one bite chewing it up, swallowing it, and then taking another bite. The meal takes longer, which is frustrating for teenage daughters, but that's okay. We're doing the best we can. 
and also to change our exercise habits. So how are we taking care of our body? We've got to uh, re- re- feed our bodies, water them. We've got to rest them and restore them. We've got to move. Uh, so these are things that I encourage you to, to focus on. I, I don't have a, a, a unique fitness plan or rest plan or whatever for, for you. You've got to figure out what works best for you. And there are, um, there are pastoral counselors and others, professionals, who can help with these things as we begin to work on them. So uh, our, our bodies, our minds, our bodies are amazing gifts from God, and God wants to, to steward them well, to have margin, as God intended from the very beginning of history. A couple of questions for you. What one thing is depleting your emotional margin? What one thing is it? Can you, can you name it? What one thing and what one thing will you and I do this week to build margin, margin emotionally? What, what can, have we learned that we can do this week to begin the journey? And then regarding the physical, what one thing is robbing your physical energy Can you and I name it? And what one thing will you and I do this week to build a margin physically, to take steps toward where we'd like to be? Here's where we are. Here's where we'd like to be. What are we going to do to get there? It is said that the uh, 1,000-mile journey begins with the first step. So what one thing in emotional margin and physical margin can we do this this week to, to help us to arrive at that uh, destination that God has for us. Let's pray together. Thank you so much, Lord God, for giving us the freedom through the gift of Sabbath and the sanctity of time to know that it's okay not to go, 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 go. That you intended for us to have this margin, physical, emotional, time and in our financial resources. As we go through this series, help us to be better stewards of all that you've given us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have set us apart to be holy, to reflect Jesus and to imitate his life. And Help us as we seek to do that. We can do this we can do these things through the one who is all sufficient for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.